J.C. Santana coming to you from the Institute of Human Performance here in sunny South Florida, the headquarters for IHP University. Today's topic is endurance and pre-fatigue. We have come up with a reduced volume training program for all endurance events. As a matter of fact, we're doing our first endurance sports certification and it's based on our reduced volume training philosophy. One of the things that I started noticing uh, when I was training the cross-country team at Florida Atlantic University uh, in early 2002-2003 was that some of these girls that ran cross-country were doing 40, 50, up to 60 miles per week. Some of them were having 10 and 12 mile runs on Saturday running cross-country. That's the equivalent of taking a 100 meter runner and saying, hey, why don't you run a mile really fast so you can become a faster 100 meter runner. That's insane. Or taking a, an 800 meter and saying, run fast miles so you can become a better 800 meter. It's not done in sprints. I'm not suggesting that sprints and long distance are the same, but you have to start thinking about quality versus quantity. Now, problem, too much volume of training. What we have is we have the best of the best. So you take these people that are genetically gifted to take a pounding, and you put them all through poundings, and then somebody wins a race. So the person that is winning the race is the person winning the, uh, the race from this select group of people who are genetically driven, not gen genetically designed to be able to take a pounding. You are not selecting from a group of people where maybe they don't take the pounding, but if you give them the right pounding, they're actually better than these individuals. Because those individuals don't, uh, don't survive this 60 miles, 70 miles, 100 miles of running. Not everybody can do that. So I think we're missing out on a lot of great endurance athletes. That goes for fighters, swimmers, anybody that does a lot of something. For those people that don't take that volume really good, uh, really well, but could be really good at the sport. So our thing was we recognized there was way too much volume of training. We're seeing that there's performance losses. Some of these girls from the cross-country team at Florida Atlantic University were red-shirted for two years, uh, missed the best races with shin splints, uh, had all sorts of problems, injury problems, because they couldn't take the pounding. And it's cross-country, folks. It's not like it's 10 miles. You know, it's one and a half, two, three, three and a half miles right? It's not that long of a race. You need to be pretty fast for a very short period of time, under 19, 20 minutes, 16 minutes. You don't have to be that kind of a monster. You don't need to be logging in two hours of running. So we saw performance losses. We saw a lot of injuries. And then when you do that for 20 years, we see disabilities, artificial knees, artificial hips, all sorts of uh, osteoarthritis problems, big, big disabilities when you're 40, 50, 60 years of age. And of course, we have short careers. So if we can get better quality, less volume, less wear and tear on the body, better performance, we have better performance, and we have longer careers, no disabilities, and no injuries, that's a beautiful thing. So the, uh, the history of endurance events, let's take running, let's take simple 5K, is you do intervals for strength, because once upon a time, runners did not lift, so there was no strength training. So now one of the things that happens is I get a marathon runner, I get a triathlete with this huge volume of work. They're doing every discipline three times a, a, a week. Um, they're working eight hours. I mean, they're, they're up to here with time and they're saying, add strength and conditioning. I'm going, wait a minute, you already have your endurance strength and conditioning, which is your interval training. 
oh, I want some metabolic stuff. You have your lactate runs, you have your speed runs, you have your, all that, that that's what it's doing. So if you're going to involve gym work, you gotta reduce the stuff that was done to support that gym work. So if you're gonna be doing gym work, you don't need to do strength training on the track. You're doing your strength training in the gym. If you're going to push the metabolic engine with the Versa climbers, with the ellipticals, and with, with our metabolic, uh, metabolic protocols, you don't need to run six minute miles when you're running eight minute miles for a marathon. There's no need for the six minute pace. You're never going to use it. The only benefit of that is push, pushing your anaerobic threshold. And if you find a better, more productive way to do that, then you eliminate that from your running uh, training. See how this starts to cut down? All right, uh, the speed work, well, you worked on speed that you never used. Why do I need to uh, you know, run six minute miles if my 5K pace is eight minute miles? I'm never going to use the six minutes, never, okay? And one of the things that was done in the old days, is your pace, you only practice that at race time. So with all these cross country girls, they never practice race pace unless they're racing. So all of this 50, 30, 40, 60 miles a week were all submaximum, submaximum. So they never learned the pacing, okay? So our thing now, our new view is A, learn the pacing. I don't want anybody running on anything that is not race pace. If it's one mile and you can run it in six miles and your pace race is eight miles, that one mile is going to go at eight um, eight minute miles. Why? Because I want to ingrain your PR pace in your brain where you don't accept any other pace. I need you to get that. I need you to get that movie. I need you to know if you're out of pace, too fast, too slow, because I need to ingrain that pace. So nothing outside of race pace. Okay? We're going to add new horsepower. In the old days, the sprints added horsepower. But if I'm doing stadium runs, if I'm doing uh, super legs and, or JC leg cranks, if I'm doing uh, resistance training with dumbbells, machines, and whatnot, I don't need to run those sprints because I'm taking care of my, my strength somewhere else. So I'm adding horsepower, which traditionally was not part of the endurance mentality. My metabolics. I can run 500 reps for your legs and push that anaerobic threshold in the legs beyond anything you can do with a 20 mile run. Beyond that. So if I don't want you to run 20 miles, but I want you to feel like it is what it is to run 20 miles, 20 miles, what I'll do is I'll take the 20 mile run and I'll say, I'm gonna burn up your legs 15 miles worth with some metabolic stuff for the legs. Could be 300 reps, it could be 500 reps, whatever you can do, all right? And you're not gonna have to run 15 miles. Now you're gonna do these metabolic protocols just run 10 miles or just run five miles. So that's kind of the approach, all right? And that's where we get to a pre-fatigue. We're gonna give you a very, very simple, simple program so you can kind of catch the idea, all right? We're gonna use a 5K run so you can see how little we actually run. For a 5K run, okay, I'm not running more than six or 7K a week, a week, because the race is 5K. I don't need to run more than 5K ever, okay? But let's say this is the way we do it, all right? We have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, right? Sunday's off. So strength training, I'll do some metabolic stuff, some body weight stuff like the leg cranks. On week one, you know, in the morning, and then at night I run two, 2K. Then the next day I do total body strength at the gym. 
Then Wednesday morning, I do a leg crank, rest, and a leg crank. And maybe this first week, I'm not doing a full leg crank, which is 24 squats, 24 lunges, uh, 24 split jumps, and 12 squat jumps. Maybe I'm just doing 24 squats, rest, 24 lunges, rest, 24 split jumps, rest, and 12 squat jumps, rest. And that's your workout, week one. And little by little, I start taking out the rest. So depending on who you are, this is how fast this goes. So let's say that you're in decent shape and you can do one leg crank, 84 reps nonstop. Okay, we put up here in the morning, done. Right before you go to shower for, for, for work. And then you run your 2K. Total body, nothing that night. Two leg cranks before you shower in the morning, 2K at night when you come back from work. Strength training at IHP, great. Friday, we go two in the morning, and then at six o'clock, two at night, okay? Run, uh, metabolic move. And then on Saturday, we go one, and then we go here with two. So we've done one, two, three, four, five, six. Six leg cranks for the entire week, and we ran two, four, six, eight kilometers for the entire week. Doesn't seem like much, although, geez, Carl, she'll never get in shape. Watch this. Oh, we Fast forward eight weeks. Now we go two leg cranks back to back. So now you're running 168 reps nonstop at night, and then from there, you're immediately taking off to 2K. Okay, that's a, that's a butt whipping, and then you're running 2K. Strength training the following, you take the whole, your legs are taking off, you know, maybe you do some leg presses or stuff like that, but boom, done. If you want to just do upper body, do that. Then on Wednesday, we do the same thing. This is where we start getting into the pre-fatigue, that's the green circles. So I'm pre-fatiguing your legs with 100, 168 reps for the legs nonstop, and immediately you're going off on two kilometers at race pace. It's nine minutes that you want to turn in per, per, per mile, that's the race pace. Okay, Thursday, you do strength training, Friday you take off, and here you're running two uh, JC leg cranks back to back and three kilometers, okay? Week 12, strength training, three plus three, that's uh, 84 times three, whatever that equals, uh, uh, 252, something like that in that range. 252 reps for your legs and three kilometers. Three days off, you do one day of strength training and then you repeat that. By the time you do that, you taper one week, I'm telling you right now, if you can do 250 some odd reps for your legs and immediately take off for three kilometers at race pace, five kilometers, okay, at race pace is easy. Easy stuff. We've tried this approach and we in general, these are some numbers we're playing with. It'll be plus or minus, but these are some numbers we're playing with. In general, the entire volume of the race is what's done during the entire week because the pre-fatigue takes the rest. So if you're running 26 miles for a marathon, you never run more than 26 miles for, um, for the week, right? But that last run is could be 504 reps for your legs, and then 10 miles at marathon pace. We do the same thing for 5K, we do the same thing for half a marathon. It's general, general. 